0: Well, um, I want to preach today because I don't get to preach next week. So I want to preach today. And the Lord's given me a a message. And um, I've been going on with this theme about his purposes and knowing his purposes. It says throughout, especially in the New Testament, to know his purposes, to have wisdom and understanding, to know his purposes. And we've been talking about what his purposes are. And today, I just, you know, it's kind of like I mentioned before, it's hard for me to come up with catchy titles. So, um, this today is a marriage made in heaven. So, I'm going to talk about my marriage to Millie. It was made in heaven, although we didn't know it for all of 45 years, did we? For all those 45 years. But no, that's we're not going to be talking about our marriage. We're going to be talking about something even more glorious than our marriage. But and and along with that, the kingdom and His purposes. So. In, um, if you would turn to John 18, um, verse 37, and then we're going to be reading from 2 Samuel 7. So this is this is Passion Week. This is Yeshua before Pontius Pilate. All the accusations were being brought against Yeshua. So Pilate says, Pilate therefore said to him, So... You are a king? Now, I don't know if he's seriously asking that or if he's being sarcastic because here's this bloodied Jewish man with a crown of thorns on his head just oozing blood all over his body. And here's Pilate saying, So you are a king? Yeshua answered him, And the New American standard says, You say correctly that I am a king. But of course, he wasn't talking about being a king, a kingdom, or like a king like Pilate was used to. A king from another kingdom. Turn to Second Samuel chapter seven, verse, I want to start in verse eleven. Since the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, so I will give you rest from all your enemies. Does that sound good? Give you rest from all your enemies. Speaking to David. Moreover, Adonai declares to you that Adonai will make a house for you. When your days are done and you sleep with your fathers, I will raise up your seed, and you will come forth from, who will come forth from you after you, and I will establish his kingdom, and he will build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. God's objective throughout Scripture, throughout history has always been to rule the world through covenant family. Been talking about family for the last weeks. You see, in his incredible mind, from before the foundations of the world were laid, his thoughts were all about family. And here he's establishing a royal kingdom, which is like a family You see, a true biblical worldview integrates family and kingdom. That's why it is so important for us to understand how God ordained the covenant of family. And also, that should give us some insight why that there is such an attack attack from the devil on families. Because if you remove the image of the family, a biblical family, shoot. What are people going to see? So God wants to see that family, an understanding, a revelation of family restored in our midst. See, God always thinks family. God is love, so he can't help but think love. And dominion, rule, reign. You see, even from the beginning, he says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which is nefesh Hayah, the breath, the very breath of God into man. So the man became a living being. God breathed his very life into man. And so there was a familial connection right there from the beginning. And we know that the enemy from the very beginning tried to mar, destroy that link. But we also need to understand, how many of you, like I asked before, you're all from a family, whether you... Like it or not. And it's something we don't choose. We're born into a family. And I always looked at families this way. There's a a range of family. You're either in the Cleaver family. Leave it to Beaver. On this end, with the Manson family. Somewhere in between. (laughs) Most families, you know, we're somewhere in between. Probably closer to the Cleaver family, hopefully, than... But God's idea of family was not the American dream family. I, used, I was hooked into the American dream back in the, back in the day. And I remember God speaking to me very clearly and says, you've become a slave to the American dream. Because I was, you know, the American dream is basically that mom and dad, which is, that's God ordained, 2.5 kids. I don't know what the .5 kid looked like, but 2.5 kids, two cats and a dog. And a white picket fence. There's a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Song Young song somewhere in there. You're all going, what is he talking about again? Doesn't matter. Two cats in a yard. No, it's not talking about the American dream family. But he's talking about, this is what he's talking about. When he's talking about family, an international ecclesia, a remnant from all the nations, a governing body. You see, to say church, it, it doesn't really it. but ekklesia, the Greek word, or in Hebrew it's kahal, the called out assembly, an assembly of governing body of called out ones from all over the nations, kol goyim, all the nations, every tribe and every tongue, that's God's idea of family. And guess what they're doing? They're overthrowing powers of darkness, setting people free, and spreading the domain of his kingdom. That's what family in his, in his mindset is all about. See, this is why in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, you always read about families and tribes. They were everywhere. And some of us get tired, and where is it in, in so many of the, in in the books, there's all the the um, uh, what do you call that? The um, Lineage. lineages. Thank you. Lineages, you know, and you say I just gotta pass through there. But God must have thought that it was important to put that in there. There's the link of family right there. God spoke to families. He spoke to tribes. He spoke to the kahal, to the called out ones. And they emphasized that the father would determine that the spiritual destiny for every household. That's why he's always talking about son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so. It's because the father determines the spiritual destiny for the household. And I believe that that is God's model even for today. And we see this even Joshua several times says, but as for me and my household, we will worship Adonai. He's taken the authority and responsibility for his family. We are going to worship the Lord. Even in the New Testament, Peter, when he was with Cornelius, the centurion, he says, you and your household shall be saved. Remember, the, you know the whole story where, you know, as the vision of the, the sheets being laid down from heaven. And, and so Peter goes to this Gentile up in um, Caesarea Philippi not Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Maritima, and shares with the family. This is Peter's introduction to, wow, I'm kind of getting it now. The Ecclesia is not just us Jewish people, it's these people too. And the Holy Spirit comes down, and the whole family was saved. You see, God thinks that way through family. He sees us the Father sees us as his children, and it fills his heart with joy when he looks upon us. Do you know, what is it that Risa says on Thursday night? She says, you know, be prepared to have God some, speak something to you, no matter how beautiful it is. Receive it. And see, God takes joy in you as his children. Abby, he does. The Father takes joy in in you as his daughter, he does. He doesn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this. I'm done with her. I'm done with him. He doesn't do that. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Yeshua talks, you know, if we've seen, the, if we've seen Yeshua, we've seen the father. In Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse one, this is God's heart for children. At that hour, the disciples came to Yeshua saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself, set him in the midst of them and said, amen, I tell you, unless you turn and become like children, you shall never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then shall humble himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who trusted me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be sunk in the depths of the sea. See, God gets really angry when you mess with his kids. Messing with little children? That's why the whole issue of sex trafficking today is so really important. God is angry at that, that sin, and he wants to deal with it. Verse seven: Woe to the world because of snares; for snares must come. But woe to the man through whom the sna- the the world's through whom um, the snares must come. But woe to the man through whom the snares come. And verses ten and eleven. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father in heaven. Whoa, that's powerful. So God has a special thing for his children. And you know what? If we just he sees us as those little children sitting on Yeshua's lap. And you know what? As little children loved by God, we also cause nightmares for the devil. We need to know that we have the ability to cause nightmares for the devil. In Psalm 8.3, it says, Out of the mouths of babes and toddlers, you establish power because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. You can cause nightmares for the devil because you're his child. 2 Samuel 22, verse 40. You girded me with strength for battle. You made those rising up against me bow down before me. You also made my enemies turn their backs to me. I love this. David gets it. I cut off those who hate me. They looked, but there was none to save. To Adonai, but he did not answer them. Then I, I love this. This is so, I love this. Then I beat them as dust of the earth. I stamped and crushed them like mud of the streets. Wow, what a brutal picture of God's child doing damage to the enemy. I love it. Go David. Go Laura. Go David. Go Elizabeth. Go Steve. Go Patricia. Go Millie. Do it. See, this is a vivid picture of a child of God brutally dealing with his enemies. I'm done with us taking it. Are you? You know, we don't have to just take it. You can do you can do some damage. He, see, the enemy thinks he'll wear you down with the lies and keep on lying to you. And then you just say, what's the use? I give up. And then he wins just through the power of his lies. But you have authority. You have authority and power that God breathed into you and that you carry in you to do damage to the, dark, to the kingdom of darkness. I want to talk about The bride and the plan for the bride. You see, we need to see the church. When I say church, I'm using that to talk about the ecclesia, okay, the called out ones. We need to see the church as a family within itself. That's what I've been talking about. When we say, oh, brother so-and-so, oh, sister so-and-so, we are brothers and sisters. You see, this is a family that you actually didn't choose you i mean you did choose you know instead of the one you were born into we are we choose to be part of this family but once you come in you can't get out and i want to say this because i've been in the messianic movement for well over 20 years and there isn't a messianic church and a gentile church okay there's only one church. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one God where there's one Lord and Savior over all. Jew and Gentile, one new man. Yes, we, we have a, a particular expression here. We're Messianic Jewish. We say things in Hebrew and our service goes long. Who laughed? No, but we're Messianic, I'm Jewish. But I, I love the church. We're not separate from the church. We're family. That's why Millie and I, we have such a heart for reaching out to other churches and congregations in the area. That's why it was such a blessing to be out there the other day because I don't know. I don't go around saying, hey, what denomination are you from? What particular expression are you from? You love Yeshua? That's the main thing. Whether you call him Yeshua, whether you call him Jesus, Esau. You see, the days of judging and running down other churches because they don't get us, it needs to end. The only way they're going to get us, and I know that this is one of our, you know, as Messianics, they just don't get us. Well, stop acting stupid, and they'll probably try to. No, I'm going to be. How do we they get us by? We we become friends with them. We we share with them. We invite them. We we talk to them about the scriptures. We love on them, and then they'll get us. Hmm? Our love, Amen. See, we're family. Paul gave instructions for the natural family. We were talking about that last week. Ephesians five: husbands to be to the wives, wives to the husband, children. We all saw that. But then, he, but the whole purpose of sh- him sharing about how husbands should treat wives and wives' husband was to talk about the great mystery, remember? We talked about that last week. The great mystery of Messiah in us, the hope of glory, and that whole restoration of the family image. Why? Because the kehilah, the church... The ecclesia is a spiritual family. I've been saying that all morning. It's a spiritual family, but it cannot be overemphasized. Now, does that? You guys are all from family. Do you ever have squabbles, disagreements, arguments in your family? Of course you do. It's the same thing within the body of Messiah. Secondly, but it's, it's crucial to understand that we as as Ecclesia Church, this is part of his plan. He always had this in mind. And we need to deal with those issues when they come up and not just let them fester or pull ourselves away. Too many people in the last few years have pulled themselves away from the local church, from the local congregation. I'm a local church congregation kind of person. I've always been that way. There's times when I feel like pulling myself away. You know, like I'm done with them. But you know what this is what God has called us you can't pull yourself out of your natural family you have to deal with those things I want to read a quote If the church is not a genuine spiritual family, a community of people bonded in the organic covenant love of the spirit, then it cannot and will not fulfill God's purpose to bring his dominion to earth. That's a powerful. That's a pretty that's a pretty adamant statement. Now, I'm not speaking as a dominionist. Do you know what a dominionist is? Somebody, you know, I'm not one of those people who believes that the church needs to take over everything. And then Yeshua is going to return. I don't think that's going to take place. But we have an influence. We can influence government. We can influence family. We can influence Media, we can influence science and industry and business. We can influence them, but our goal is not to take over those spheres, but to bring his influence as much as we can. It doesn't, we don't set up a perfect world and then he returns to take his place. That's not going to happen. That's what a dominionist believes, though. I'm not one of those, but I do believe that we. As the ecclesia, as a governing body, we have authority to have a lot more influence than we do now. But there's been an attack, just like there's been an attack on the natural family, we've been talking about the last few weeks, there's been an attack on the ecclesia, on the church, big time. And it's been increased in the last year, even. We've seen leaders falling into immorality, and it's cause see, when, when a leader who's well-known falls into immorality or falls or goes off the deep end, see, that causes distrust for people. People say, I don't want to go to church because that happened then. They're just like, I don't want to go there. And we've seen, you know, a few years back, that they, remember the, the child abuse scandal in the Catholic Church. People would say, why do I want to go to that church? Look what they do. They're all, they do that. And we even in the last year, there's been inaccurate prophetic pronouncements. And you know, as I shared a few weeks ago, church attendance for the first time in the history of the United States has dropped below 50% of the population. There's been an attack on the church, just like there has been. An attack on the family because the devil wants to take away the identity of who you are just like he wants to strip the identity of the father from the family. We were talking about African-American families last week, how the father is not there in the families. Free reign for the devil to run in in, in all these families. but not just that, not just the African-American family, it's in all of our families. You take the father out, you take that identity image out. So why do you think the enemy wants to go after the fathers? He wants to go after the whole family. Paul warns us to examine ourselves. as talking about communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Preparing for communion. He says we need to examine ourselves before we partake of this communion with the Lord. If you've got an issue with a brother or a sister, you've got to deal with it. And God has given us an incredible way to deal with it. You extend forgiveness and you receive forgiveness. You forgive people. 1 Corinthians 11, 29, the New American Standard says, For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. And see, you wonder why there's sickness and why there's death and why there's apathy in the church is because we've judged each other too much and God says, stop doing that. Forgive one another. Take of his meal the Yeshua's table in a right way. See, we have to have a revelation of his purpose for his bride and we are his bride. Let me read some scriptures and I've got to move on here. Ephesians chapter 1 starting in verse 17 we read these we've read these verses before but they're so powerful That the God of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, our glorious Father, may give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in knowing him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the Kedoshim, the Holy Ones, and what is his exceeding great power towards us who keep trusting him in keeping with the working of his mighty strength. Verse 21, you got to get this in our kishkas. He is far above any ruler, authority, power, leader. And every name that is named, not only in the olam hazeh, the present age, but also in the olam haba, the age to come. God placed all things, this I I want us to get this. God placed all things under Messiah's feet and appointed him as head over all things for his community. That's you and me, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You see, we have to have a revelation of his. We have to have his wisdom in knowing him, first of all, knowing him. Secondly, to know the hope of his calling What is the hope of his calling? Is that he will redeem all things. And thirdly, to know his power and to use it for his purposes. God has equipped us with the Ruach HaKodesh living inside of us. We have all the power and authority we need. We need to start using it for his purposes. To know that he has more power than any other earthly or spiritual being that ever was or ever will be. He's bigger and greater than anything. And all things are under his feet. Do you believe that? All things are under his feet. And he has done that for us. And we are filled to overflowing with him. Yeah, sure. We're living in an earth suit. And it's got limitations. But his spirit in us knows no limitations. We were talking this morning about we want to see miracles happen. We are desperate to see more miracles happen. How many have seen a miracle before? Okay, I want us to see miracles on a regular basis as we go after Him. But also, you know what? I think, I think they're initiated when we step out and we pray for somebody or we speak words over somebody. God says yes. He, he said he She said he nani. I'm look what I'm gonna do. I want to talk for a few minutes, and I want you really to understand these in these next few minutes. There is a trifold or a threefold function within the trinity or the triune being of God, within the relationship of the Father, Yeshua, and the Ruach HaKodesh. There is a function within that that we need to understand. They are a gift to each other. They are a gift to each other, From each other. Each member of the triune God, and this is so important for us to understand this, so please follow with me. Each member of the triune God blesses the other in specific ways. So we're talking about family, but let's look at the original divine family of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, They give the church to the Father as a household of children. So the role of Yeshua and the Ruach HaKodesh is to present to the Father a household of children. That's us. By the work of Yeshua, going to the cross, His blood being shed, taking all of our sin upon Himself, and reconnecting, reconciling us to the Father... And then, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit in us to keep that work going within us. We present it to the Father as loving and thankful children. That's awesome. And then the Father and the Holy Spirit give the church to the Son as a bride. So that's the gift from the Father and the Ruach to give the church, you and I, to the Son, Yeshua, as a bride. We're presented to him as a spotless bride. And then the son, Yeshua, and the father give, and this is so cool, give the church to the Holy Spirit as a temple, as a human temple. You see how that works? See how that works? They bless one another, and we're part of that. The scripture in 1 Corinthians 3.16, know ye not that you are a temple of the Ruach and the, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, lives in you? Then that's a gift from the Father? That's a gift from the Son? And guess what? The Spirit is living in us. See, bodies' relationship to each other of the Trinity is a unique gift also. You need to understand this. We are children to a father. A bride to his son, a temple for his spirit. Now, we've all had these. We're going to go a few minutes longer. Is that okay? Okay. Sure. First of all, the son, Yeshua, and the the spirit give the church to the father, present the church to the father. Son and Spirit present the church to the Father as children. The Father and the Spirit give the church to the Son as a bride. And then the Son and the Father give the church to the Spirit as a temple. That's okay. That's okay. But let me continue on here. Okay. See, we are children to a Father a bride to his son, and a temple for his ruach. You know, we've always had these. you know, we have a relationship, probably most of us have a relationship first with Yeshua as the bride, okay? And then we come into the things of the ruach Hakudesh, the Holy Spirit, and so we develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then we have a greater revelation of, of the Father, But it's so important for us to understand the Father, all three, the Father, who, just like in a family, gives us identity. Yeshua as the groom, he nurtures us. He watches over us. He he gives his all in all for us. And the Spirit is our comforter and teaches us to remember all things. You see how they work together? You see how they, it's so important for us that we get that. They work together. See, angels don't even have the same relationship as we do with God, the triune being. Angels don't even have the same relationship that we do. In Hebrews 2.16, it says, for surely he is not concerned about angels, but about the seed of Abraham. That's us. See, that's the reason that the Father pursues fellowship with us. See, it delights his heart when he pursues us as his children. See, the body under Yeshua's headship releases even creation into its potential. You see, when we're in alignment, correct, righteous alignment with the Father and with Yeshua and with the Holy Spirit, even creation... Reacts to that and it comes into its potential. I don't have time to read all in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 to 28. Write those scriptures down and, and look over that. But basically, there's an order, there's a sequence of events that take place. There's the resurrection of Yeshua as the first fruits, and then those who were asleep, and then, and then us, where we're going to all be caught up. And at that time, that all creation will be restored to its purpose. See, creation itself will be set free from bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of the children of God. You see how it's all connected, and everything is under Yeshua's feet. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to be praying that prayer all the time. God, your kingdom come as it is in heaven So be it here on earth. And we need to know that we are a part of that. So I want to bring things to a conclusion now. So worship team, come on up. Ephesians chapter three, verse 10 says, the purpose, the purpose of all this is that through Messiah's community, that's us, the multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You see, we, As his community, his body, not only need to be proclaiming boldly God's ways, his ways and his wisdom, we need to be walking in them ourselves. We boldly proclaim, but we also walk in his ways. Sometimes we do the boldly proclaiming and walk in our own ways. And God says, No, you walk in ways of wisdom, you walk in ways of righteousness. And then we have authority. You see, that the maturity of the church is a pivot point for his return. You see, he wants to bring his church into a full maturity and then he's going to return in the eastern skies in what's called the day of the Lord. And if we read it even in 11's chap, chapter, Romans chapter 11 and the Gentiles coming into their fullness and I believe that the Gentiles coming in the fullness is about, it's not a certain number; it is a maturity where they and they also will recognize God's love for the Jewish people, and that Israel and the Jewish people are all part of God's covenant purposes for the end days. We shared this a couple of weeks ago. One of His purposes is that all Israel will be saved. Saved Hebrews eleven, I mean Romans eleven twenty six. See, Yeshua came to earth to seek and save potentially powerful people. He didn't come to seek and save the lost just so that we can go to heaven, but to take back territory that has been ceded to the enemy, to tear down strongholds, to break off bondages on people. That's what he's called us to do as a community of believers It's not just to have great fellowship together. We all love to have fellowship together, but it's to do kingdom business, to tear down strongholds. Let him do his work in and through you. And guess what? In the end, there's going to be a glorious wedding between a spotless bride and his groom. Hallelujah. And this is going to be a global wedding. You know, we're not talking about a Bill and Melinda Gates kind of wedding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're talking about a glorious wedding, and it's going to be an international. There's going to be incredible foods there. I think, you know, when I think of, you know, traveling, I love to eat. I love different foods. That's going to be part of it, man, but it's just going to be this, and everybody who is part of the community, we're all going to see one another. Instead of judging one another, we're going to just walk in this glory. and At that point, at that time, all sin, all rebellion all war and all pain and all tragedy and all death is going to end. Hallelujah. But we're in that process right now, so don't give up. Don't you stand with me. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. You're all part of his last day's plans. So today, even as we close here, I just want to put out an invitation. There's an invitation to all of us to receive him in our lives and I don't want to end today without putting out that invitation if there's somebody here you know what, you may have been in congregation for a long time gone to churches said a prayer here and there but today the Lord just wants there's just something about he's putting out an invitation to come to him if there's anybody here, just, just close your eyes and I us just, just, just take a moment. If there's anybody here that has not invited him into their lives, just let me know. Just show, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. The invitation is out there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that every one of us has invited you has invited you to be a part of our lives lord but i also said there's an urgency of the times that we're in today there's an urgency the urgency of the times demand that we inspect our lives we ask the, the ruach hakodesh to to look into our hearts if yeshua is to come today are we ready Are we ready to be taken up by Him? It's a day of decision. So Father, in the name of Yeshua, we give You permission through Your Ruach HaKodesh, Your Holy Spirit, to work in us. Lord, You're creating us to be that spotless bride without stain, without a wrinkle, sold out to You. And Lord, Lord, Father, we just say, here we are as your loving children. Lord, you've given us your identity, your very DNA in us. You've given us a name. And we thank you, Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, that you're living inside of us. You are living inside of us. And Father, I pray that we would walk and live with the understanding that this is a temple for your presence. And Lord, we will not allow things into this temple that you forbid. And yet we invite those things from your kingdom into our lives. Those are the things that we want in this temple. So Father, in the name of Yeshua, I thank you that the Spirit is living in us. I pray for that anointing. Father, when we said earlier, here am I. Lord, that each and every one of us will walk boldly into the tasks that you've given us to do. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen.